Hello and welcome to It Is Written Canada. Last week we saw how Matthew Feely's family desperately struggled to help him out of his life of drugs, alcohol, and crime. His dad's faith, the influence of his girlfriend Christy, and her mom's growing faith were like seeds being planted in his perplexed young heart. We ended our program last week when Matthew's mother received an urgent call concerning his close friend James. Today, Matthew Feely, an ordained pastor and evangelist, shares the rest of his story of how the goodness of God rescued him from a life of conflict and confusion to one of confidence and contentment in a saving relationship with Christ Jesus, his Lord. Pastor Matthew Feely, welcome back to It Is Written Canada. Thank you for having me. So last week we were talking about that phone call your mother had received about James. Tell us about that call. Yeah, my mother received a phone call from Christy's mother, um, who knew James quite well. I was one of my childhood friends. And um, he had been killed in a car accident, so he was... His car was hit by an oncoming vehicle that ran a red light and the driver was drunk, which was really ironic because all of us were partying. Uh, James was the one who really didn't party that much. He had moved away to Brampton. He would come and visit and um, he, he would be the one to kind of pull me aside because he knew me from my childhood. We used to play road hockey together and uh, sports in the neighborhood. And, you know, he was one of the original, like, young people that I knew and grew up with. There was a lot of other young people I, I got to know through uh, the lifestyle I was living at the time and the drug abuse and addiction. But he was one of the original ones. And, you know, he would pull me aside. He was a bit older than me. And he would say, like, what are you doing? Like, why are you here? Why are you with these guys? You know, I know that they're our friends, but you don't really belong here. And, um, you know, what are you doing with your life? What's happening with school? And I would joke with him. Um, you know, I joked about like failing gym class. And, you know, he's like, you know, who fails gym? Like, what are you doing? You need to change. So he was another voice of encouragement. Those were seeds sown. But it was just, um, it was right there at that moment when I was waiting to go back uh, to the rave scene. And I was going with good intentions just to listen to music. But, you know, when in Rome, it's, it's easy to, to live differently. And I know it would have been hard to be strong that evening. And just as I was leaving, I got this phone call. And it was tragic and it was ironic. And, um, I was a pallbearer for his funeral, uh, along with other young men, and it was tough. It was very tough. Um, the hardest part for me, um, two, two things were really difficult. His, his younger brother, his name was Zach, and um, he really loved him and was teaching him how to play football, and to see him there not really understanding that he had lost James because he was so young was very sad, and then, the other thing that was really difficult was his mom, who was so strong through the whole experience. But the moment that they closed the casket, 
It was an open casket and it was a viewing before the funeral. And the moment that they closed the casket, you know, she just said, no, no. She was like, no, no. And she was just yelling, no. And she just grabbed onto the casket and she wouldn't let go. And they had to help her, you know, and we were just so devastated, you know. The night he died, a few of us got together, we were, we were drinking. Um, we were, again, just trying to numb the pain, listening to music. It was, it was so hard. And, but I, I really believe God used that experience and James, his influence in my life as a wake-up call. You know, I think it was, it was a wake-up call and I could have gone back down that same dark path. But, you know, on this particular night, you know, uh, God kind of allowed things to play out the way they did so that I could wake up. Pastor Matthew, how did Christianity then influence your life? Well, I grew up, you know, Catholic. I had um, a Christian background. My siblings, we all have like Christian names or Catholic names because some of us are named from Bible characters or books of the Bible and others are, you know, named from like popes and nuns and stuff like that. All of our names have meaning, and we grew up Catholics going to church. Uh, sometimes we only went to church, you know, at Christmas and Easter and stuff like that. But at one point, I was an altar boy, and I, uh, you know, I used to get out of class to help with funerals and different events, and I thought that was, you know, pretty good job with benefits. And but I, I had faith growing up for sure. I would pray uh, at, ch at church. You know, I'd pray for my family. Uh, I would go to the confessional and I would confess my sins. But I would also like tell the priest all like what was happening in my family. <laughs> and he was probably a little shocked because, you know, my father was a really staunch Catholic. And it wasn't that he was ab abusing us directly, but, you know, it was somewhat abusive kind of just some of the experiences we went through, uh, just toxic and hurtful to our upbringing. But my, my parents prayed. My, my father prayed. He used to say, I'm praying for you. And that used to really annoy me because I didn't want him to pray for me. I was very angry at my father at one point. But he would say, I'm praying for you. My mother said, after I, you know, came to Christ, I told her everything. I actually just told her so many stories one night about what I had been doing all these years. And she, she knew I was in trouble, but she didn't know the half of it. And she said, you know, there's nights you didn't come home and I didn't know what to do. And I would just stay up through the night praying for you. So my parents prayed and that definitely had an impact. You know, I did... Um, I did have some form of Christianity growing up, but I wasn't in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, I didn't know him as my personal savior. He was, you know, in the pictures on the wall. You know, he was on the crucifix, right? But I didn't really know him. And um, I was invited by my uh, mother-in-law, um, who is now my mother-in-law, Debbie, she was doing Bible studies and sharing all of what she was learning. And so I always listened to her talk about the Bible, kind of ramble on. And I would just sit there and just, you know, kind of wait for it to be over. 
And then she wanted me to go to this series. This, it was a youth week of prayer, and I went. And the uh, speaker was just so dynamic and kind of like John the Baptist, you know, very speaking the truth and speaking it plainly. And um, I felt that he was talking about every detail in my life. And I felt like he was only talking to me. And I was sitting with my arms slouched around Christy and really kind of casual in the church. And, you know, halfway through the sermon, I was sitting up straight and I was like on my best behavior. And I knew that it was like, unlike any sermon I'd ever heard before. After three nights, I requested to be baptized. And they didn't really know what to do with me because uh, I walked into the church, you know, I, I had bleach blonde hair, I looked like Eminem uh, at the time when he was new and, and popular. And bleach blonde hair, I had baggy pants, I had pierced ears, I did not look like a Seventh-day Adventist. And I certainly stood out in the congregation, but I was the first one to respond to the message every night. It really touched my heart. And I knew I wanted to change my life, and I knew I wanted to follow Jesus. And I said to the pastor, I want to be baptized. And, you know, in hindsight, I can picture him kind of looking at me like, what am I supposed to do with this guy? <laughs> you know, coming off the streets of Scarborough, like, what am I supposed to do with him? But you know, he did the right thing. He loved me. He really treated me like a son. And um, he allowed me to be baptized. And my life was changed. Yeah. So Matt, what was life like for you as a young Seventh-day Adventist? Um, you know, it, was, uh, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't that much different at first. <laughs> I, I, I got rid of the alcohol. I had a uh, Mickey of rum uh, in my dresser. I poured it out the day of my baptism. And, you know, partying was over for me. Um, and that was a huge step. Like, everybody's starting kind of at a different point, you know, depending on what their life is like. And I think we have to be patient with people because, you know, they're not struggling necessarily with the things we're struggling with. And they might be struggling with, you know, great things and more difficult things, great challenges, you know. and. I think people could have been a bit more patient, although I have to say the Scarborough Church was very loving. They would hug us and, you know, one lady, she would kiss us and, you know, they were just so friendly. They would invite us to like birthday parties and their homes for lunch and they would give us money. Like one day the pastor said I was looking for a job and he made an announcement like in the middle of church service um, because he was really concerned and I had lost my job when I joined the church and I worked at Music World and I lost that job because I chose to go and get baptized instead of going to work. And, you know, he felt really badly and he was asking if somebody in the church, if they knew about a job to let me know. And after church, this lady just, like a drug deal, she just quickly like handed me some money and just quick exchange. And, you know, it was really generous and it was really kind and I knew the second I walked in the doors of the church, every Sabbath I would be embraced. And that's how it was. You know, it was kind of like an early stages experience. But eventually I really started to dig deeper and to study the Bible. And I had a mentor. He was assigned to be a Bible worker at the church. And we became friends right away. 
and his name was Mark Kirkus, and he would take me on Bible studies. And um, I just developed this amazing uh, thirst, you know, for the work of God and the ministry. And, you know, it just, just took off, and I, I really caught fire. So, Pastor Matthew, how did you become a pastor? Did your work with Mark influence you in this decision? Definitely. Um, my, my pastor at my church at Scarborough Church, Pastor Hilton Garnett, was a huge influence on my life. And he wanted me to become a pastor because he saw something in me. You know, he saw what I couldn't see. And I think that's what we have to be, uh, what we have to try to do uh, when we're working with people that are especially new in the church is to see their value and their gifting. And he could see something in me. And um, so my pastor would send me applications from Berman University, which is a Christian university in Lacombe, Alberta. And I would just toss them into the recycling bin, you know, because I didn't see myself becoming a pastor. And the first time someone mentioned it to me, I actually laughed at it. I laughed at the notion that I would one day be a pastor. I was... I was coming from the rave scene. I was coming from kind of street life. Um, you know, I was I was a DJ. Uh, I did you know small parties and stuff with my friends and people at my school. And you know, I was I was into a different lifestyle. And to be a pastor was just not my interest, not my goal. But he he never gave up, and he continued to persist in my life. And then Mark, I found out, was intentionally asked to you know, kind of mentor me, to, become, to befriend me, and to get to know me because my pastor thought that it would be important for me to have that role model. And he definitely you know, showed me how to reach people, how to minister to people, how to care for people, how to study the Bible. He gave me books to read. Um, and all of that worked together to just awaken this fire within me and to give me a thirst for ministry. And so one night I was walking my dog. It was actually Christy's dog, but I would always walk her dog for her. And uh, he was very sweet, and we were out for our usual walk. And I prayed, and I said, Lord, if you want me to become a pastor, let me hear it from you know, Pastor Morgan. And he was the pastor that baptized me. And I attended some meetings that he was doing in Toronto. And that same night he said to me, you know, you have to become a pastor. You know, it was just, it was, it was a fleece and it was a way of testing, you know, to see God's will. And he made it very plain to me. And from there, I just committed to going to school. And my wife was a huge support. She always has been. And I wouldn't be here uh, were it not for her, you know, love and support and encouragement. And uh, together in ministry, you know, we work very hard together, and she's, she's an amazing uh, partner. And um, we went to Berman with uh, three duffel bags, all of our possessions in three duffel bags, a uh, couple thousand dollars, never had been there before, and we just went by faith, you know, not by sight, and... We went to school there, and we again saw the love of God's church and the difference that the church can make. And um, there was a lady there, Kathy, and her husband, James, 
and they found out that we didn't have like furniture. We, we were sleeping on the foam topper that you put on the mattress. We didn't have a mattress, so we slept on the foam. We bought the foam from Walmart. We bought two chairs. We used one chair as a TV stand to hold our little TV. And that's all we had. I think we found a table outside our apartment building. And it was a very humble apartment building. And we went there, and that's how we lived for a couple weeks. And they found out about it. And they showed up with the truck. And there was a bed, and there was you know, a dresser, and there was a TV stand, and there was a couch. And we had everything uh, we needed to to serve and to, to learn and to grow. And we always had that experience of, you know, being loved in the church and the love of Christ brought us into the church, but the love of God's people kept us in the church and really um, made a difference in our lives. And, and through that experience, you know, I became a pastor and I'm still a pastor today. So now you graduated from the theology program, you're a pastor. What was that like for you? You know, it was amazing. It was an answer to prayer. I really felt God's calling on my life and I felt that, and I still feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. So I went into ministry um, just excited and ready to work hard. And um, God gave me so many great experiences uh, from my first church to my current church. And not only pastoring, but also doing uh, quite a bit of evangelism. So um, I worked with uh, Pastor Joel Nemhard, and he had me do my first evangelistic series uh, at our church. And, and it was exciting, and it was well-supported, and that just got the ball rolling. And I would do series of multiple churches in Toronto and even you know, kind of a really large campaign at the International Center and at uh, the College Park Church. And from there, you know, going to Brazil and Jamaica and St. Vincent and, you know, a whole bunch of places in the Caribbean and um, the States and different parts of Canada. And just really had a passion for preaching. Really love to preach. I love. Um, I love it as an art form, but more so, um, you know, I love the creative side of it. But I also love uh, how it calls people to follow Jesus. And that's something I'm very passionate about. Um, when I preach, I really believe it's important to encourage people to make a decision to give their lives to Christ. And um, so I'm very intentional about doing that. And I've come a long way. Um, you know, I used to be very loud when I was preaching uh, because that's kind of how I came in the church. John the Baptist, you know, it was, it was this very like fiery sermon. And um, that style of preaching has always stayed with me. But I would say that I've definitely toned it down over the years or just tried to, you know, have a bit of a variety. So, Pastor Matthew, can you tell us about other unique ministries that you've been involved in? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I would say the one that really comes to mind is when I worked for Young Street Mission. So I attended Andrews University, which is a school in Berrien Springs, Michigan, and it's a Seventh-day Adventist seminary. 
and I was there doing uh, my Masters of Divinity. And um, I would travel back to Toronto quite often. Uh, and then the summers I would work here and I was given an opportunity to work at Young Street Mission, which is uh, a nonprofit um, organization that really focuses on meeting the needs of the marginalized. Just an amazing ministry that has a very holistic approach uh, and a very authentic uh, ministry. You know, people who are authentic and vulnerable and real. Um, they're not really churchy people. They're Christian social workers, but they really love Jesus and they know how to love people. And you would sometimes maybe think that they're, they're not in the church, you know, because they don't fit into that mold. But they're so spiritual and, and they're amazing people that transform lives. And I went to Young Street Mission uh, for my interview and I was wearing like uh, a dress shirt and a tie and a cardigan and uh, pants and it was like the summer and uh, dress pants and you know they said you had a really good interview you did really well uh, we like what we hear from you and your life experience um, we would just say probably lose like the dress pants <laughs> because you're gonna be working with at-risk youth and um, you know, you have to be able to relate to them and live in their world and communicate in a way that's uh, non-threatening. And so that was an eye-opener for me. Um, but it helped me, I would say Young Street Mission helped me to see another side of ministry, not just preaching and teaching and Bible studies, but another side of it. And I would say that it helped me to be more in touch with who I am and who God wants me to be, and to be authentic, and to be vulnerable, and to be sincere. And uh, it really made a difference in, in how I did ministry and how I'm even doing ministry today. Yeah. What, what does that look like today? So I'm serving as the pastor of the New Life Seventh-day Adventist Church in Oshawa. It's at 33 Olive Avenue. And um, it's an amazing church. Uh, it's it's kind of like my life has come full circle um, to be in a church like this based on my life experience um, and then also even my ministry experience um, at places like um, Young Street Mission. So uh, I would say the New Life is a unique church. Uh, everyone is welcome at New Life. Um, it's not a very formal church, but it's a very... Um, amazing ministry as far as uh, reaching uh, the community of Oshawa. We have a center called the Neighborhood Center and they're meeting felt needs and they have amazing programs. The SLIP program, the Productivity Hub, um, the Feeding Program, um, the Food Bank. These are all programs that are geared to empower people to, to meet felt needs and to truly make a difference in Oshawa. And, and they're doing that. They, they are just amazing what they're working at uh, from week to week. And then outside of the Neighborhood Center, we have very inspiring worship uh, where we have great music. And um, I think the sermons are okay, but I can't really be a judge of my own sermons. But uh, we, we, we try to give our best in worship. 
and um, it's a really cool place. I've made amazing friends here at this church. Uh, I've been kind of accepted into this community and uh, we really see our church growing. Uh, a lot of people are, are coming to New Life um, and staying on New Life because they see that it's, it's different, you know, it's, it's outside the box and it's, it's relevant. And so I'm so excited to be here at this time. I must say that as we wrap up, we love coming to church here and we enjoy your preaching. We're often on the road and so we're preaching in other churches, but when we get a chance and we're here in Oshawa, we love to come to, to listen to you preach and you do a great job, you really do. So uh, we would like to, to pray, pray for our viewers. Maybe there's someone uh, out there who's, who's feeling God speaking to them. They don't know what to do with that. And uh, to, to pray for them that, that they'll get a clear message of how God is leading in their lives and where they should be and, and how he can help them through whatever dark struggles they may be going through. Definitely, let's pray together. Loving Father, we're so grateful that we can be together as uh, with my brother and my sister here in Christ. We can be part of the family of God and that we've experienced so much love in this family and we want others to experience it as well. And there might be people listening today, they're feeling discouraged, they're facing hardship, they're hurting, Lord, and struggling with sin, and I just pray for their deliverance. I pray that you would shine their, your light on their life and give them hope and give them courage and give them strength and help them to discover their purpose as well. I'm so grateful for what you did in my life and what you continue to do even here at this beautiful church. And I pray for all the viewers, and I pray that, Lord, they would... Uh, feel your presence and be led by your spirit uh, to uh, the place that you would like them to be. I pray, dear Lord, for this ministry, and it is written in Canada. May you enlarge its territory. May you, dear Father, uh, bear much fruit through the hard work and labor. And may uh, this ministry continue to reach lives and to save lives. For we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Matthew, thank you so much for joining us on Eddie's Ritz in Canada and for being vulnerable and willing to share your story with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Friends, you too can experience the kind of transformation that only God's Word offers. So our free offer today is our Bible study guides. Whether you want to learn the major teachings of God's Word or Bible prophecy, we can assist you to find answers for how to face the issues and challenges you may be dealing with right now. Before you go, we would like to invite you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel and also listen to our podcasts. And if you go to our website, you can see our latest programs. You too can experience the fullness of life found in the words of Jesus when he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. A fire can begin with one match, a revival can begin with one sermon, the world can be changed by one person. Are you willing to be that person? 
Are you willing to be that match that sets the world on fire? God may be calling you to preach. God may be calling you to teach. God may be calling you to serve in a different way. But one thing is for sure, God is calling you and everyone here today to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.